Empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. I'm Sarah Kaki with Atlanta Divorce Law Group, joined by our managing partner, Shauna Woods. Shauna, welcome. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Today, we're going to talk about telling the truth and that it might not always be as straightforward as just opening up your mouth and spitting it all out. (laughs) (laughs) And that even telling the truth requires some responsibility, some boundaries, some respect. Shauna, talk about the concept of that we both have studied in various books about culture, about team, about leadership, about partnership, the idea of telling the truth because it's just what you do versus telling the truth because it's necessary and it's the kind thing to do. Well, if it was just telling the truth, just because you do, you'd be no better than a two-year-old who points at everybody and and says what they see. Why does he look like that? Well, what's going on there? Telling the truth really comes from, and especially a culture like ours in your office setting and in a setting when you're dealing with professionalism, is it's the reason you're telling the truth. What is it the truth that you're telling, right? And you have to approach it as is this necessary for this person to know, mm-hmm. right? Is this going to help this person grow? Mm-hmm. If it's not going to help this person grow, is there something else that need this person needs to know this truth, right? right? I might not need to know that I was walking around with toilet paper on my shoe all day unless you caught me before I did it, right? right? The kindness is stopping that. Um the kindness of what is it behind? What is this driving force that I need to tell this person the truth? So Brene Brown, which we're both fans of, gives a very good step questions mm-hmm. on how to think through it before you just start rambling off the truth and bulldozing over people's feelings or expectations. So what are what, what is the formula she gives us? That is actually the truth is one of them. Mm-hmm. Is this truth? Right. Is this kind and is this necessary? necessary? And if it's not all three, then you probably don't need to say it. So let's talk about the concept of kind versus nice. This is one that I love teaching my children. Oh, yes. Yes. Because they're like, this isn't very nice. And I'm like, I'm not here to be nice. I'm here to be kind. Yeah. What does that difference mean to you? To me, it means a person who's nice, not necessarily telling you the truth. Right. Right. They are, when I think about nice, I think about someone who does not want to rock the boat, who wants everything to look pretty on the outside. They don't care how it looks on the inside. Right. Right. When I think about kind, I think about, is this going to assist this person in some way, even if it's kind of hurtful Mm -hmm. at the time of hearing it? Right. Is this going to help this person grow? Is this going to help the company grow? Mm -hmm. Right. I don't have to make everything pretty for you. A lot of times kindness isn't pretty. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's messy and it's hard mm-hmm. and it can be harsh if not said in the right way, right? You have to say it with empathy, right? Right. I don't necessarily like niceness. Right. Well, I, I find niceness manipulative. Yes. I don't trust nice. Yes. I think to me, nice is telling somebody what they want to hear, mm-hmm. even if it's not true, 
just so that they can like you, they can appreciate you and they can love you or do something you want them to do. Yeah. So I find nice to be manipulative and I usually instinctually pick it up and feel odd about somebody that is just like overly nice or overly flattering or compliment. I'm like, mm, what, what is this for? Right. Right. Kind to me is telling somebody what they need to hear, even if they don't want to. So sometimes they may need to hear it and they want to hear it. That's great. That that's a match. Mm-hmm. And that can come across as, you know, that was nice. That was kind. But some a lot of times kind is not a match with what they want to hear. You're giving them something they need to hear, but they don't want to hear it. And I think it takes true love to give kind versus nice, because when you're giving kindness, you're doing it for somebody's growth. You're doing it for somebody's awareness, for somebody's knowledge and giving them a piece that could be difficult for you to even say. Right. But at that moment, you're deciding that this person may not like me because I'm not giving them niceness. And I might not get any love from this. I may not get any appreciation from this and they may actually not like me, but I'm going to love them enough to give them this, this truth that's necessary for their growth, even though they may not want to hear it and be okay with not being appreciated for it, being okay with not being loved and liked for it. So what I'm hearing you saying is that kindness is about the other person. Yeah. Why niceness is about yourself. hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Niceness is taking something from somebody. Right. Kindness is giving. Yes. And I trust that when somebody gives me some feedback that I'm like, man, nobody else would have told me that, that honestly. Right. right? I see that to be kind. I shared with the firm a few days ago when I was um, looking for a job out of law school, I had on my resume co-founder and president of the Muslim Law Student Association of Georgia Law. And at that point in my life, I associated with the Islamic religion. And this wonderful man called me. That was my mentor at the time. And he was like, for the places that you're looking for a job. So I was looking for a job in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I would just, I think it's a wonderful thing you have that there. And you need to make a decision if you want to keep it or not. But some places here may actually overlook your resume because of it. That was a kind thing to do in my book. A lot of other people would have thought, oh, he made some sort of a racial comment or he said something out of school. To me, I experienced that as that must have been so hard for him to say, mm-hmm. but he felt I needed to hear that and I needed to have that awareness. And it let put me into that whole process, eyes wide open, uncomfortable, but eyes wide open. And a lot of times when you're being kind, it is that hard thing to say. It is that you have to think about this as they're not going to like me, maybe. Yeah. They may take this the completely wrong way, but I feel the need because of the care I have for this right. person or the care I have for this organization that this person needs to hear this. Right. Right. And I guess that's what I mean when I say niceness is I'm not going to rock the boat. Right. right. Let's just be nice. Because kind can definitely rock the boat. Kind rocks the boats a lot. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes the boats need to be rocked. For sure. That's how change happens. Exactly. And then there's the balance of, again, going back to our beautiful pendulum swing, the person who I've come across this character a lot and do not love it very much. The person that is the self-proclaimed asshole of the room. Right. Oh, I'm, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I'm just so honest. 
I'm sorry. I'm just brutally honest. I know I'm such an asshole, but I'm so honest. I just have to speak my truth. I just have to speak my truth. And just because you told us you're an asshole, doesn't it make it okay that you're an asshole? Right? Does it change? Just because you said, I'm sorry, before you were honest, doesn't make it okay that you just gave information nobody cared to hear and doesn't do anything for anybody. Right. Or just because you said, I'm brutally honest, doesn't make it okay that you're being brutal with people. Right. If you think about brutally honest, it means it's, uh, that just tells me it's unnecessary because it's brutal. It went beyond what was needed. It's, what are we trying to accomplish with our honesty? What are we trying to accomplish? For instance, the the man who he was trying to help you. Yeah, right. He was trying. To I actually you needed to hear that. Right. If and to your point, if I'm just de- the self declared asshole, the only thing I'm deriving from speaking the truth is pleasure for myself. It's pleasure for myself, and it's taking something that I cannot carry within and unloading on others. It's. I cannot walk around and have enough maturity and responsibility to hold some things to myself right. without having to unload on others and make other people carry that baggage. Or try to control and manipulate And try others. to control and manipulate others. Yeah. Right. Because I'm the one that says what everybody else is thinking, but nobody else is saying. And that's another, sometimes that's helpful. The person who speaks up and says the thing everybody's thinking and nobody's saying, that, that can create wonderful movements that can create wonderful change when it's again necessary, necessary. <laughs> right? And true. Right. Because again, if it's not true, what's the point? But you do need to check yourself in those moments. I, I think some people do it just for the sake of being special, where they want to be that voice in that room just to get their special. Yes. And I also think some people do it because they may not have had a voice, right? Previously, maybe they were raised in a way where they weren't allowed to voice, you know, what they saw as the truth. So you're right, the pendulum got swing. Think with maturity, I think with leadership and with growth, when you check yourself, if you were that person out there saying, I'm the honest one, why? Yeah. Why are you the honest one? And really check yourself and say, is there growth that comes out of this, right? Not just it felt good in the moment. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of things feel, you know, you want to say something and they feel good in the moment. We see a lot of this with with social media warriors, right? And they pop off and they say something and all of a sudden you have this long back and forth on social media over completely unnecessary things that you're not going to change anybody's mind. You're not going to have movement or understanding on either side. You just create a lot of noise in your life. You just created a lot of, of noise and activity in your life. And I think that a lot of times when people are going through, mm-hmm. you know, what they go through in, in our office with divorce, mm-hmm. there is that need to be like, let me tell you my truth, right? right? Let me tell you my version of the story. I don't know where you see it the most detrimental, but where I see it the most detrimental is when people want to do this to their children. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about that. And I had a podcast earlier about appropriate conversations to have with children, you know, when they need to know what they need to know, right? And having them lead these conversations. One of the things that courts hate, and I personally just can't stand is when parents feel like they need to tell the children mm-hmm. how bad that other parent was. Yeah. To them. Your and daddy it, cheated on me or your mommy was with another man, all this information. Right. 
I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. My children deserve to know the truth is one of the phrases that I hear that really goes all over me. Because to me, your children deserve to have two parents. Yeah. And you're robbing them of that because of your need to speak the truth to your children. And it's not, in my experience, when the children get older, they don't appreciate that quote-unquote honest parent. Yeah. Right. Now, I've seen a lot of adults that have gone through therapy after years where they had really deeply sided with the parent that had given them all of the information and a lot of the truth, quote unquote. And later on in their adult years, they have sat down and thought that through and realized, Mm -hmm. wow, I was manipulated. I was treated with, I was given a lot of information expecting me to grow up really fast. Information that was not necessary for me to know. Right. I felt that as a child, when I remember my grandmother, after my grandfather passed, we would go to Rwanda to visit my grandmother. And in her mourning of my grandfather, she started having like these thoughts about their first beginning of their marriage. And I was six years old and she would lay me in bed. These are bedtime stories. She would tell me, she would tell me about love letters. She would find that my grandfather had written another woman. (laughs) And I'm six years old, had just lost my grandfather that I idolized, like idolized. And I didn't know what to do with this. And to this day, I think back to that. It really impacted me. I didn't know what to do with this information she was sharing with me. And it was like, I'm not your friend. I'm not your therapist. I am your grandchild who loves you and thinks of you as the, you know, most amazing human being in the world. So anything you tell me is going to go straight to my heart. And yeah. this is my precious time with you as I'm visiting you and you're dumping this on me. And it was her own emotional stuff. She was dumping on me. Yeah, And why dump it on a six year old? Right. Right? Well, that's, that's the right. biggest question is because we feel we want this person on our side. Yeah. You know, we love them enough. We want them on our side. I really had to fight against that with the relationship that I had with my mother was very rocky, mm-hmm. right? Very rough relationship. But I had my mom and a lot of that had to do with an undiagnosed at that time mental illness yeah. she had. Well, she had gotten diagnosed and she had really could become a really good grandmother to my daughter, which was horrible for me, but it was great for my daughter, right? Because I so much wanted to be like, don't like your grandma. She was awful to me. Or where was this when I was little? Right. How come I didn't get this version of you? And, but fighting that. And I distinctly remember when my daughter did find out some other things, you know, as when she was older and she asked me, she was like, why didn't you ever tell me these things? I said, why would I? Right. And that's the question I think we have to ask yourself. Why are you telling them? Right. And we had this conversation about parents with mental illness. Yeah. Same as when I was 14 and my father started sharing with me his his feelings about life and right and his depression. And it was like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do for you. I don't know what to do with this. This is more truth than I can handle. I mean, honestly, I will tell you, I don't think it matters the age of your children, because even if they're adults, they may not be wanting to hear that side of it. Right. right. They still want to have both parents. My parents divorced each other twice. Once when I was five and once when I was grown. And I was very much involved in their divorce when I was grown. And I wish I wasn't because Mm -hmm. I did see two sides that I didn't really want to see. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to know all of that stuff. 
even as an adult, right? You still want to be able to say and have and, and choose what you're letting in about this other person. Right. Right. I think that's one of the, the key things that really we emphasize because I know it's so hard when you're going through this emotional process, right? It is so hard and you feel so wrong. And even when they want to say, that person destroyed our family. It's your mm-hmm. fault the kids don't get a full family, right? You've got to hold that back. It's so unkind. There are a few books that I think we need to bring to the forefront for more further study on this. One is anything by Brene Brown. She Absolutely. talks so much about this. One book that I personally love is A Culture Code, which talks about this idea of candor versus brutal mm-hmm. honesty. And it teaches how... Candor is necessary true. Yes. That needs to be heard. And it's not a lot of rambling. It's to the point. It doesn't have excess information like brutal honesty or I'm just an asshole. I tell the truth. It does. It is to the point and it's clear and it's simple. And the other book is Candid Conversations. Those are all three really, really good books that I would recommend. I think those sound great. Thanks, Shauna. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources.